with Melanie Boldick. Today's guest is Adam Ann of Ann Mastering. Welcome, Adam. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. And so <laughs> you have a very interesting career. I want you to tell me all about this. Sure. Where, uh, where would you like me to start? Well, let's start with mastering because not everybody knows sure. what mastering is. Yeah, sure, absolutely. It's, it's very... Um, niche part of the process and making a recording and it's i, I like oh, to describe yeah. it as the the end of the creative process and the start of distribution right. so <clears throat> most people know that you go into a studio when you you know set up microphones you record uh musicians and then after you record them you mix them which means creating all the balance between the different tracks sweetening right. effects that sort of thing and that's output uh these days for the most part in stereo and then mastering comes after that and we're sort of the final step in the creative process and we're able to basically make sonic adjustments to the entire mix and what i like to say is bring it to its fullest sonic potential do right. do the best you can to make it sound as great as it can to the end listener to the fans uh and a you know wide array of, of ways and places people listen to music today um and then on the distribution side, we create the final file sets for digital distribution. Folks are still making CDs, albeit mm -hmm. in short runs. Folks are making usually short runs of vinyl these days as well. Sure. So not only do we complete the creative process, which is what I do day in and day out, we also generate whatever files are needed for all the various formats that that, that an artist will release their music on. That's fantastic. And so, um, so this is obviously a very critical part of the recording process and you have uh, you have previously come from a different company yes that's right. Yeah, I was at Gateway Mastering Gateway Studios mastering. right in Portland for 25 years. Right. A legendary mastering studio, world-renowned uh, mastering studio. I came there in 1998 right. and started out as Bob Ludwig's assistant, the, the president of Gateway Mastering. And then right. very quickly, we both realized I had the aptitude to master records, the creative aptitude to do so, and started taking on my own clients and had my own room at Gateway for, well, I was there for 25 years. I had my own room for 22, 20, yeah, 22 of those years. Uh, where I developed my own clientele, mastered just thousands and thousands and thousands of recordings uh, of all ilks, you know, everything from folks locally here in the, the Portland and, and Maine and Northeast and New England to, uh, you know, all around the world. And of course, everything from independent artists to, to household household names, superstar artists. And just have had amazing names in the music. Business. Yeah, I've just have had the privilege to to have my hands on a lot of really, really great music um, made by some of the best artists in you know, the world world around. So sure. and so when they when their work is being completed, does some of them come up and, and actually work with you as they're as you're finishing, I mean, do you have anybody who's that hands-on like us? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, really no, um, people, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, yeah. you know, um, it's been a little different since COVID hit. You know, Gateway just closed at the end of June, so I'm in a uh, in an interim interim space right now. So I'm not doing attended sessions at the moment. When I get right. to my sort of forever studio home, I'll go back to attended sessions. But of course, with COVID at Gateway, we hadn't done attended sessions for. But before gosh, almost that. three years. But before right. that, yeah, yeah, back in normal times. <laughs> Right. I would say like 10 or 15% of the sessions would be attended. Okay. 
in a you know it would be anybody from a, a record producer the artists themselves uh, you know any of the engineers involved yeah. in the recording of the mixing Someone said hot house flowers was here at some stage oh um i don't maybe so maybe so um maybe. you know we've had a lot of clients come and attend and of course in portland there's always been sort of the scuttlebutt of somebody being seen in town that was probably right. in with either myself or bob uh in a session sure. and usually it's uh, for the most part people want to come for the hang you know it's really like it's a fun hang they get to i like to uh i'm a uh an endurance runner i like to liken it to a marathon like we're just seeing you over the finish line at the end of of that long process and making your record and so a lot of folks want to you know be there be uh, involved in it uh there's a lot of sort of catharsis in the whole the whole thing seeing it through at the very end and then of course sometimes they come because they have a lot of you know very explicit details you know things that they really want to be able uh to relay face to face as opposed right. to over an email or he's really hands-on i want to say like somebody like aretha franklin i think she was pretty hands-on for the whole process from the beginning oh probably so i mean we right. we never had aretha at our place right. i i did a few things aretha related i did a rock and roll hall of fame oh, uh 25th anniversary concert yeah. where she did a set on it which is really amazing um she also did a Capital One commercial that somehow I got the the recording of that to master. I've heard she actually went into a space and performed, wow. and uh, I got to master the uh, the the music portion of that, the music sim mm-hmm. of that. At any rate, she had never come to Gateway, but I think she was a very hands on person in general. Yeah. I just read uh, her biography written by David Ritz, actually, mm-hmm. like just finished it weeks ago, and it was a really remarkable life story. Amazing, spectacular. Yeah. And we were talking about James Brown and Get On Up. Have yes. you seen it yet? <laughs> no, yet. I haven't seen it yet. And, and you know, it. somehow that got past me. It might be, it might be one of those things where it's in one of those niche streaming services, HBO or something like that. Cause after you mentioned it, I remembered hearing about it and the fact that Mick Jagger had produced it. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to see it. I'm a huge, huge James Brown fan. Yeah. 70s R&B, 70s soul, 70s Me funk too. are some of my favorite, you know. Yeah. Yeah, favorite genres writing. of music to listen to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My radio show on WJZP, so we got a shout out yeah. to WJZP today. Yeah, I'm a huge JZP fan. I listen like when I'm in the car, it's usually JZP or NPR, and uh, I just love listening to JZP. So mm-hmm. shout out and for, for me those as well. uh, calling who are listening from outside of Portland, Maine. WJZP is a local jazz station. It's a nonprofit station uh, that's streamed out of used to be streamed out of Portland. But I think it's being streamed out of Georgia, but it streams it plays in Greater Portland. And I believe you can find them online at wjzp.me. And it's owned by the amazing Dennis Ross, my very dear friend. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'd love to meet Dennis at some point. And I actually yeah, I was just sure. hipping a friend of mine last night to the fact that JZP also have an app, your own app. So oh, not yeah. only can you, yeah, no, not only can you be found on like all the you know tune in radios of the world, but there's an actual JZP app. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I do that in the car a lot when I when I get out of state. So well, I was I was at the mall one day and I was like, oh my God, what is this radio station? Because my I've lived in several places and I always come home to Maine, right? Whenever I come sure. home to Maine, I'm like, oh. My God, there's like three stations and they play the same three songs over and over again. Right. And then I was at the mall one day and I was like, what is this station? And I reached out to Dennis. I wanted to be a DJ. Uh-huh. He doesn't really have DJs. And this is when he had Billy D working for him. Okay. And I was like, no, I just really want to be a DJ. And he's like, and I, and as we get talking, I get talking about wine. He's going, no, you got to do something with this because you're really good at that. And I was like, okay. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> the wine time was born. And so I had a little show on WJZP for about two years. And then I went to L.A. So uh, the Vine Time okay. started on February 14th of 2019. And then I went to L.A. in September of 2021. Yeah. And so when I went to L.A., I think they phased us out. We were on the air for about two or three years through COVID, you know. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and then uh, so when we started the podcast, we needed to decide to name it after the same show. 
Nice. Oh, cool. That's awesome to hear with the audio Genesis Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so getting back to mastering. So you learned from Bob Ludwig uh, how to master, and now you've started your own business? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. So Gateway, uh, Bob and his wife, Gail, who was the studio manager at Gateway, they just built, retired, and closed Gateway. And I started A.N. Mastering. Uh, I always always had known that that day would come at some point. And I knew for many, many years that my my goal was always to just, Yeah. yeah, my goal was always to continue to master records, you know, you know, until I retire, basically. So my goal was always to just continue developing my clientele, continue developing my reputation. So when the time came, as it came this past year, I could start my own business. I I knew for years, I just wanted to work for myself when when this point came. So when they announced that they were retiring, I uh, incorporated A&M Mastering with the state of Maine and started looking for spaces, which has proven to be, you know, it's a difficult time up there to find good commercial real estate. And then of course, to put a studio is a, is almost like I, I liken it to a unicorn. Yeah. So uh, right now I'm, I'm holed up in a, what we call the barn up in Freeport, a friend of mine's property in Freeport that's uh, right. been working out exceptionally well. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I've been here Maybe for that's about... something that just happens because Freeport's kind of a cool place for people to come and visit if they want to come. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Portland so become I... too big for itself, I think. These uh, right. Sure. Exactly. Well, yeah. And that's the other thing is commercial real estate in Portland has gotten really expensive right. too. And there's just, uh, there's, there's not a lot of it. And, you know, not to knock the city of Portland, but they don't make construction easy either. Um, right. So there's that. But right now, uh, yeah, it's, I've been here for five weeks and it's been just going exceptionally well. The transition in terms of my clients coming from, you know, going from being or going from reaching out to me at Gateway Mastering is now that it's just there was almost no transition, no bump in the road. They were immediately okay. able to just get in touch with me at AN Mastering. Right. I'd hit them to it leading up to it. And uh, I've been just as busy as ever and things have been working That's out really fantastic. well. And you and I yeah. both know about sound because, you know, most of my recordings sure. happen in my closet. You know, my right. <laughs> like, no, the closet closed. <laughs> They must yes. get rid of all the sounds. And I was like, okay, that's right. 100%. Absolutely. You've got something to deaden the sound so it's not as reflective, right. you know, as if you were in another room. And that's such a common thing, especially through COVID, listening to a lot of right. podcasts. There are a lot of folks who are like, well, I'm uh, podcasting from my closet at home because <laughs> it sounds so the important. best here. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you, you just came home with a with a Grammy. Well, I was nominated for one. I was nominated okay. for a Grammy. Um, and I had, I can't remember how many. I had like I think you were nominated, but you've gotten is it you've gotten Grammys before in the past? I have, yeah, I have. I have a Grammy. I have five Latin Grammys between between the Grammys and the Latin Grammys, which are essentially just an international version of the Grammy. Um, I've mastered sixty four winning records. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, and th- this past year is up for one that that um was really near and dear to my heart because it was the, the best engineered non-classical album category, which is d- directly related to my craft. And it was for okay. Father John Misty album, his most recent one, Chloe, in, in the last 20th century. We didn't get it, but I also had a number of other projects that were up for Grammys and had uh, two winners. One of them was Mark Anthony with oh. his most recent uh, salsa album, Hayavoy. And the other was um, an Aaron Neville track that was on this Take Me to the River film uh, oh, wow. about New Orleans. Oh, nice. right, two, two records that I'd worked on that had won, several others that were nominated. And my personal nomination, I didn't I didn't get this time around, but but I do have six of them at home. There's next so. time. There's next yeah. time. It's <laughs> funny because I met Cyril Neville here in Maine. Our, our good friend Greg Martens oh, brought no him a couple of times to play a couple yep. of shows. And uh, I, I believe one of the one of the Neville daughters is touring with Tyrone Vaughn and Stevie um, and BB King's daughter Claudette King. 
Oh, I no kidding. I saw them on Saturday night in the Gunkwit. They're they're touring in Massachusetts uh, in September. I mean, excuse me, in August. Okay. They're, oh, they're touring was... this weekend and the next couple of weekends. They're touring in Massachusetts in Connecticut. Oh, very cool. I bet that's a great show. Such a musical family, the Neville family right, is. Right. And New exactly. Orleans, that just shout out to that, Take Me to the River, New Orleans. I haven't actually seen the film yet. I've got to see the film, but they've made a double album of music uh, that's relative to the film. And it's basically all New Orleans based artists, some of whom oh. I've worked with before, like um, uh, uh, Irma Thomas does a cut. I, she she uh, won a Grammy several years ago for a record that I mastered for her. I've done a few of her records, but there's the Dirty Dozen Brass Band, Irma Thomas. Um, gosh, some of the names are escaping me, but anybody you can think of that is New Orleans centric either lives in New Orleans or there's an Anita Franco cut. You know, she moved to New Orleans. There are a couple of folks on the record like that that uh, they, they hadn't called it their their original home, but are there now. And they made this double album that goes along with the film, which I mastered and that Aaron Neville track is on there. And it's just everything is killer from beginning to end. Okay. I'm excited. I mean, the new, and the, so that kind of music being so at great. the Grammys. Oh, oh, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's a spectacle. It's a lot of fun. It's a long day. Um, I brought my whole family, which is really cool to see it through, especially see it through my my boys. I have two boys to see it through their eyes was really awesome and a special family trip. Yeah, that's fantastic. So yeah, yeah, it's a really, it was a really good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend, I have a friend who lives in LA and he's been to everything. He's like, oh, the art is boring. He goes, the Grammys are fun. (laughs) Yeah, well, the music part of it is just so much fun. It's really, you know, and and they do, there's a pre-show where they hand out most of the Grammys and that's what my category was in. And they started... They started doing a lot of music during the pre-show where they hadn't in the past, which is awesome because it's a long show. The pre-show is really long. It's like three or four hours leading up to the actual televised show. And they added more music in it, uh, which made that even that much more fun. So, right. Um, right. For everybody who was there. Yeah, it's yeah, a good time. And so, you, so you're building your business. Your business is based, you're, you're looking for a studio, but you're ba- where are you living in Freeport? Um, no, I live in Portland. I oh, live okay. in the city of Portland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've been I'm working out of Freeport for the time being right. until I find a forever home. And I'm basically looking around the Portland area. I'd love to be back in the city. That was where I was looking, uh, or ha- where I had been looking the past six months. Mm-hmm. Um, but if something pops up in the general Portland area that makes a lot of sense in terms of building building my studio, then that's that's what I'll go for as well. Yeah, I, I think it's you with Dennis too, because I do believe that Dennis has a full studio set up. So maybe you can. Oh, well, that's cool to know. Yeah. That way too. Yeah, that would be sure. great. That would be yeah. awesome. I'd love to see what he has and just, I'd love to just meet him in general. And yeah, for sure. We'll connect yeah. you for certain. And so, you know, do you have any memorable moments in all your years of mastering? Oh gosh, a lot of them. I'm not even sure kind of where to start. Um, there was a week. I, I can think of a couple of, couple of quick instances that I'll just mention that are just, just were fun in the sense of the yeah. juxtaposition of projects that I was working on. So mastering, because of the nature of it, <clears throat> I can do a lot of work in one day. I, I Essentially, I, I master an entire album in one day. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm working on an 11-song album today. It will take me less than six hours right. of time to do the actual mastering. And I'll fit other things in around it, singles and EPs, that sort of thing. So I, I get through an awful lot of variety of work, which is really cool. But a couple of years ago, in the same week, I was working on an album for Lana Del Rey. Mm-hmm. 
who's one of my favorite artists, and Paul McCartney, who is absolutely my favorite artist. Wow. Um, and they were both very intense projects. So it's, it's very memorable. Maybe the stress level is what was most memorable right. about it, but also equally so, if not more so, the, the music itself. The you know Being able to, basically, I was juggling between those two projects and a few others over the course of a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both were very intense, more intense than the average mastering session. In Lana's case, uh, just the, the 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 way that she does her process and how hands-on, though I, she wasn't in the room with me, she was working from afar at her studio in California, but there was a lot of back and forth. Right. And Paul's thing was a, was a live record. It was actually a live performance at the Budokan, um, which was also really memorable because that is where, I think that was the first time he'd been back to the Budokan since the Beatles played the Budokan oh, wow. so many years ago, which I guess in Japan was a little controversial because at the time they didn't do they didn't have music acts play there they didn't do shows it was more of a spiritual or religious sort of venue right and i think that they they were protesters there's a whole story behind that right and since then that that has changed i believe and he and his band played there uh and they they filmed it and they released it on television in japan and you know blu-ray and dvd overseas and it was cool because he played a ton of beatles songs i think because of that sort of theme of like oh hey the last time i played here i was with the beatles um so that working on those two projects simultaneously kind of sticks out in my mind do you have the opportunity to travel i mean does anyone say hey can you come here no, not often. No, oh, right, uh, you right. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the only it's time happened. I really travel, yeah, yeah. Is it, yeah, it's like yeah. if I'm if I'm fortunate enough to go to the Grammys, or if I like, sometimes I'll do I'll speak on panels and things like that at, at industry events. So I might travel for those things, but that's you know once or twice a year at most. Um, aside from that, no, it's because part of part of mastering is that everybody else is traveling throughout the process. And if I'm seated in the same place every day with the same equipment, the same speakers, the same monitor set up, I become sort of a a benchmark and a home base sonically. Right. You know what I mean? So the mixer, say maybe, say maybe the engineer that recorded it and mixed it and the producer went to the artist wherever that was, and they worked in a place they weren't used to, they might rely on me even more as a, you know, Hey, can you make sure we're working in an unfamiliar studio, but your place is familiar to you and your setup is familiar to you just make sure you're covering our bases sonically that way you know um so the nature of mastering is mostly like you're just like with gateway i was there for 25 years and i sat in that same chair yeah in that same room as i told my boys when gateway closed i was like it's weird because i've spent more time in that studio than you know of my adult waking hours than anywhere else in the world and they were like really more time than at home i'm like certainly waking hours yeah Yeah. so mastering isn't the kind of thing where you usually travel around from studio to studio you stay at one sort of home base base. exactly yeah 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 that's fantastic and so uh, is there anybody that you would love to work with that you haven't worked with yet oh gosh um I think in terms of legacy artists, you know, we, we talked about James Brown, James Brown or Parliament Funkadelic, right. Motown, any of those catalogs I'd love to get my hands on. That's you know, great. if anybody's listening out there that has control of those catalogs and you're remastering, put my name in the hat. And, um, right. and then uh, in terms of modern stuff, I, I really have been into um, Dua Lipa recently. I, I love her records. Lipa. Yeah. Like I'd love to. Yeah, she's uh, remarkable. Smart. She's gorgeous. Yeah, and just a, it's like finally somebody's making dance music after all these years. Yeah, and I was really, a club kid. I mean, I love music of all forms, but I was sure. really a club kid back in like the '90s in London, and 
you know, uh-huh. like San Francisco. And I was just, I was like going to destinations for club music and stuff like that. So it's like nice. Oh, cool. So yeah, that's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's got, it does have that, you know, obviously R and B dance music vibe. It's her music is just really well put together and she's a phenomenal singer. So in terms yeah, of I have a friend, artists, I have a friend who lives in Dublin, my friend Patrick, who's like a rock and roll photographer. So when, uh-huh. when, when people come to Dublin, he gets the call, nobody else does, but him. And yeah. when she came to Dublin, I want to say it was about eight years ago, it was early on in her career when she had that song, yeah. um, No Rules or whatever it was, uh-huh. New Rules. And uh, he went to, he went photographed, you know, he photographed her and he was like, she's going to be enormous, you know, and this is where nice. what she was. You know, he like, could no, see it. Pro. Yeah, he could see it then. She yeah, really, absolutely. Really, she was young. She was driven. She was smart. She was on point. So fair play yeah. to her. Yeah, hopefully we'll hear a lot from her, you know, yeah, here yeah, here yeah. on out. Yeah, and so I'd love to I'd love to work on a record for her or anything like that. So you, you yeah. know, I've been fortunate to work with a lot of different artists, but there are plenty out there that I, you know, would still love to uh, have the opportunity to work. Right, with. and you you have so much of a portfolio behind you, so I'm sure that you will right. have a very a very uh, successful career moving forward. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, fingers yeah, yeah. crossed. And like I said, so yeah. far, so good. It was hit the ground running, you know, once I was at the door of the gateway and in the door here, it's just been sure. as busy as ever. So, Fantastic. yeah. And so I ask all of my guests this and I'll ask you, what do you love? What do I love? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, just, you know, be like, of course, my family is number one that comes to my mind. Yeah. Music is is probably number two. <laughs> yeah, um, music's up there somewhere. Music's up there somewhere. Uh, the water, whether it's, you know, living here in Portland, being by the ocean, or my, my folks have a place on a lake, and I love spending time on the water, um, you know, whether it's uh, paddle boarding or swimming or water skiing or boating, any of those things. So, Are you from Maine? No, I'm originally from Boston, the Boston okay. area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I grew up in uh, Malden, Massachusetts, oh, so just Malden. north of the city. Yep. Yep. And then when I was a teenager, my folks built a house in southern New Hampshire. So I've crept my way further. Right. I, I went back to Massachusetts for college and then came yeah. up here. And so I've crept my way further and further north. And Portland Where did you was go just to a school in Boston. Uh, well, I went to um, the University of Massachusetts at Lowell. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and they have um, an amazing, they, they not only have an amazing music program across the board, but they have this really unique and amazing program they call the Sound, Record, uh, Sound Recording Technology degree oh, that's okay. coupled with music performance. And at the time, in the early 90s, it was one of the few places doing it. Um, they, right. In fact, they're celebrating, I'm going to go back down there if I can make it in October, they're celebrating the 40th year of that program. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah, and they're going to do some alumni-driven events, so I might go down there. I might even speak down there uh, while sure. I'm down there for them. Um, but yeah, so I we moved to southern New Hampshire, went to school in Lowell, went back to my yeah. folks' place for about a year and was that's working so around the Boston Boston area. Mm-hmm. And then I was fortunate enough to get in a gateway. I was, I was a kid. I was 22 years old. Right. And the other thing that was really fortunate was I didn't know a lot about Portland and I got here and I lived in town my first five years until my wife and I bought our place. We're still in the city of Portland, but just out off the peninsula. Right. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, what an amazing place to live. Yeah. And I might not have, like, I might not have, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I might not Back have Portland moved, was cool. <laughs> yeah, I might not have moved to yeah. Portland or I've even thought to right. move to Portland uh, uh, if it wasn't for Gateway being here. I, I came here to be at Gateway and then I was like, oh, I really like, because I like the city yeah. in general. But so it's, you get this feeling of like a small, Small city, really manageable, really nice people, but you can kind of get everything you would get in any larger city. Oh yeah, without I the mean, hassle. I was living in Boston, <laughs> I, so I bounced back and forth between Boston, Phoenix, New York, London, Dublin, 
Wow. And I was in Boston selling wine and I got priced out of the market in Dorchester because my building got sold in the middle of winter and we got thrown out okay. the street. And so I was like, you know what? I just drove up here. I got an apartment on um, right by Wayne Fleet. And the oh, West no kidding. Okay. I, I wrote these people a check for four $5,000 and was like, look, I'll be here in three weeks. And that was it. I just moved home to Maine because I was like, you know, at all these things that you have and in the city of Boston, you don't have them here. And, you know, you have all these nice bakeries. You have all these nice dreams. Yep. Very safe. There's, well, at that time, there was no traffic. Now we have traffic again, but we yep. didn't have traffic at that time. And so it was kind of great because I had accounts in the city of Boston. I could just fly in, see all my accounts on the three nice. days that I was there, and then fly up and do all my follow-up emails when I got home. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So best of both worlds in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Except for the commute, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know Portland has been like a really happy accident for me, and we right. we love it here. And that's why, you know, the the other thing that could have happened. Well, number one, I knew I wanted my own business. I knew I wanted to be one hundred percent in control of myself and my career from here on out. So I wasn't right. going to want to work for anybody else. But in terms of looking for real estate or looking for a place to, to put a studio, now if I was in Los Angeles or Nashville in particular, it'd be easy to be like, you know, there are plenty of places that are there, rooms right. that, hey, I've, yeah, I have a ton of clients and you have a room, I'll come, you know, move into your place or whatever. There's nothing like that here. So I've got to right. find the right space to do oh, it in and to it. do it. I think you will. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's funny because I just came back from LA and it's like everybody's leaving LA. Like, so there's yes. a lot of people leaving LA going to the mid desert and there's a bunch of people leaving for Phoenix and then. There's yep. a bunch of people moving their businesses to um, Las Vegas and Texas for, for tax reasons. Right. And so yep. it's like this mass exodus from LA. So when I moved there, everybody was like, oh, it's really hard to find a place. But there's so many. And then COVID, because they were closed. Remember how we opened and we closed yep. and we opened again? They never reopened. So they, they say closed the entire time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. And so there, there were so many. I want to say 50% of the, um, the on-premise was gone there. And wow. uh, that that's so substantial and crazy, you know. So sure. there's a lot of spaces there in LA. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of a lot of folks for for the past two decades, there's been a mass exodus of LA as well in the music industry to Nashville. Oh wow. Oh, and really? same with same with New York to a certain degree. I mean, there's been a mass exodus from Manhattan for the past two decades because everybody's priced out now. Right. But a lot of folks have moved from those. If you considered the three sort of major music cities in the U.S. traditionally being New York City. Nashville and Los Angeles, right. everybody's been coalescing around Nashville right. and especially getting out of LA for a lot of the reasons you mentioned, or just quality of life reasons or whatever the case might be. And just the fact that so much music is happening in Nashville. It's like all coalesced there now. Right. It's really interesting, but, but uh, I'm a new England guy, you know, all my family's still in New Hampshire or Massachusetts. I mean, number one, they disowned me if I left, but I also yeah. <laughs> myself and my immediate family don't want to leave either. So we live right. here. This is home. That's it. It is home. And yeah. It's like home. And Maine is magic. I say this all the time, but it is. People come here and they're like, oh, my God. I'm like, I know. It's just the most magical place when it wants to be. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just going to ask you for your song. So you're so musical. Okay, sure. A song from you. And what is sure. your song today? So my song today will be James Brown's Super Bad Parts 1 and 2. All righty. I love James Brown. Well, Same. here is your song. And thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Best awesome. of luck with your business. And how do people find you? anmastering.com. Perfect. And yeah, and I'm all on all the socials, but you can get there through anmastering.com as well. Okay, perfect. Thank you so awesome. much. Have a great day. Bye. Awesome. Thank you, Melanie. Take care. Bye-bye. Watch me. Watch me. I got it. Watch me. I got it. Hey! I got something that makes me want to shout. 
all about. 